on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Nine o'clock, appreciate you joining us. Jam along with Cake today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios. Most trust name on automobiles. Let's see, we got one from Dylan today. We're asking you whether or not the Rockies will lose 100 games this season. Is that your phone that just went off? Uh, yeah, I don't know why my phone is... My phone is talking to me. Siri's talking to me for some reason. Hmm. Interesting. And that British accent that I find amusing that I have on my phone. Uh, it's like, why is it, why is it talking to me? I'd uh, say, Dylan, yes, Rockies lose 100 games again. They're nothing more than a money cycle for the ML for MLB. Love going to Coors Field. Had a family, family member that had season tickets, but it's hard to go when the product is so bad. On the topic of baseball, people seem mad about this year's jersey quality for MLB jerseys. Oh. We talked about the other day. Oh, they're bad. They're really bad. The pants? Did you talk about the pants? Talk about all of it, really. Uh, it's the top to bottom jerseys, pants are, they look cheap. The pants are see-through. Yeah, they're terrible. So if a guy, you know, forgets to wear a cup one day, you know, you got to put that thing... Well, you know, you got to put that thing on Cinemax. You can't put it on on the MLB network. Well, hello. Coming to you from Yankee Stadium. Here's Aaron Judge. Oh, that's Well, he will give you a lot to judge because you'll be able to see a lot. Oh, man. Uh yeah, they're they're really bad. And if, if I understand it correctly, Nike has been the uniform manufacturer the licensee. And they they turned that over to Fanatics. It's still, that's my understanding. And the Fanatics yes. is actually the one making the uniforms this year, and they're absolutely atrocious. The naming is like the name print. It looks like a screen printing. It, it you know, would, like it, if it you looks ever like go, a bad softball jersey, you would get and for like a years, charity. Yeah, years ago, from like a just hey, we're gonna get the, the most cut rate, cheapest screen printing possible. Like and, if you, yeah, for our softball team. Like if you, if you're at like a college, right, and it's like Carnival Week or or Homecoming Week or something, and and hey, first one hundred through the door gets a free T-shirt. Never mind that we got these things last week from from the UPS or from FedEx or whatever, and and you know they were it, they just they looked so They're terrible. I was having a conversation with my father the other night, Tyler Franson drinking game. Oh, uh, pardon me. Here we go. And we were, you know, broadly having a conversation about how, you know, things these days, it seems like everything is being more and more cheaper, cheaper made, cheaply made. And, you know, 20 years ago, you could buy a washing machine and it would last you 20 years. Right. Now, you buy a washing machine, it lasts you... Five years. It's planned obsolescence. Planned obsolescence. And it's it's part of what I think is a disturbingly growing trend of companies are making things cheaper and worser. They don't last as long. The quality is not as good. And for what? To make the most money? You've already you've already signed the contract, Fanatics, Nike. You've already signed. MLB is gonna pay you. 
for the license, you know, you've already, you've already, like, the, the ink is dry. Why go out of your way to make a crap jersey? Not even just the uniform. The uniform's awful. The now, entirety. Nike designed it. Fanatics made it. And one Baltimore Orioles player compared the new jerseys to a knockoff from TJ Maxx. He's right. What's it? Nolan Arenado said the jersey felt like a comfortable T-shirt that he would wear at home. I think he was trying to be nice about it, but also maybe sarcastic. I'm not sure if Nolan was just. If we know Nolan. And Tony Clark, who's the head of the, the, the players union. He said, he echoed the concerns you have. The pants are see-through. That's a problem. Oh. Major League Baseball. Call, just, the, call in the field is two balls and two strikes. They just... And they're not the only... Can't get out of their own way, can they? My, oh, my. Yeah. Now, the uniforms look terrible. So, hey, speaking of uh, baseball, Rockies, Arizona today on the team. Starts at 1 o'clock with Jack Corgan, Jerry Schimmel. Uh, let's see, Robert. Robert beating a familiar drum that Robert likes to beat. Is it a drum or is it just a dead horse at this point? It's, it's, very, it's a very dead horse. The, bare, the, the skeleton is barely still there. It's decayed that much. That's is it how, even a legitimate point that he's making anymore or does no, he know that he's just trolling us at this point? He's just trolling. He's just trolling. I think he has to know he's trolling. The Rockies will not lose 100 games if they shave and get gentlemen haircuts. The mighty New York Yankees have won 27 World Series with proper haircuts instead of looking like a bunch of guys who just rolled out of bed to play City Rec softball. And it's been how many years since the Yankees won the World Series? It's been a day or two. Just saying. And they've spent a lot of money. You know to, what, though? To do not win a World Series. Maybe... I'll, I'll counter this. Maybe 2009, if, by the way. Maybe if the Rockies all grew their hair out, maybe it could cover their pants. <laughs> maybe. So that they don't have to worry and, about and, it and being see-through. do the Rockies outside of Charlie have anybody now that has extremely long hair? Uh, not that I could think of. Maybe Brendan Rodgers, but he's also cut his hair short at times. Uh, once, once again, that's Robert. Solid trolling today again, Robert. You're going to die on that hill, aren't you, Robert? That's okay. That's okay. Uh, do we have a winner, by the way, for uh, Where in the World is Tyler France? Yes, we do. Okay. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the contest. It's another winner on the Team Sports Network. Steve correctly answering the hornet's nest in Sacramento State at Sacramento, or at Sacramento State in Sacramento, California. Very good. All right. Did, did you say worser? Did one of us say worser? Did I say worser? <laughs> is worser really a word? No, I don't think it is. I've said a lot of things I'll on this show. I'll have that question. So if you're paying for Rockies baseball, isn't that like Netflix? And Netflix has some risque video. So what's the hey. difference? And is worser really a word? Apparently one of us said worser. I don't. We can go back in the tape and, and listen. I think I... if whoever said it, Certainly, that was very tongue-in-cheek. We know that worser is not a word. We like to make up words on this program. Listen, sometimes. Shakespeare made up words all the time. He man. did it all the time. And, and look. Look, look where it got him. The immortal bard. I was hoping the other night, Highlands Ranch had a player's last name was Hamlet. I was hoping that he would get in the game and there would be some way he could tie in. Why, 
what little bit of Shakespearean knowledge I have into the game the other night. And it didn't happen, unfortunately. Uh, let's see. We were talking about bad sci-fi. And Gary brings up, the guru does, one of my favorite shows back in the day, Mystery Science Theater 3000. That does not include the, the reboot, which I thought the reboot was terrible. Mm. It's terrible. But the original, what, what, Mike Nelson? I can't remember the name of, of the original host, but Mystery Science Theater. Have you ever watched it? The movie's hilarious. The movie is funny. That's, I have unfortunately not seen Mystery Science Theater. Watch Mystery Science Theater 3000, the movie. That's a great kind of introductory thing to the whole Mystery Science Theater thing where uh, they, they want to, like Mike Nelson, those guys want to do like riff tracks and the voices of the, the robots. They did riff tracks. Okay. Where they take movies and they... They make comments throughout the movie, and that's what Mystery Science Theater is. Well, Guru mentions Mystery Science Theater 3000 spoof of the 1983 sci-fi film Overdrawn at the Memory Bank with Raul Julia. Funny spoof, but worst soundtrack ever, just in case you want to waste an hour of your life. Guru, I can do a lot of things yeah. to waste an hour of my life, but I will, I will take into consideration. Yeah, I just, I'm surprised you've never seen it. It's on you. You can find it on YouTube. I, where they took these really bad sci-fi movies and like some bad, like motorcycle movies, detective movies from like the fifties and the sixties and the seventies, and they just make fun of them. And it's it's hilarious. And some of these movies, you're going, well, that's like Raul Julia, like like well-known actors, right? That got their early starts. So I, I struggle, but I would start out with the movie. Because the, the Mystery Science movie, Mystery Science Theater movie is really, really funny. Okay. It's a good uh, introduction of the whole thing. From uh, Mountain Dave up in Colburn, I think it's somewhat appropriate that your question about the Rockies losing 100 games and seeing lots of terrible movies at the Chief and, Ro Chief and Rocket. I've experienced a lot of both. So have I, Mountain Dave. Good to hear from you this morning. Uh, let's see. What else do we have? I think we've caught up. Paul is willing to bet us $100 that one of us said worser. I'm sure somebody did. Again, we can go back to the tape. We'll have the podcast posted up later today, and, and we'll, we'll so see. So you did, I was there. Which one of us, though? Did I say it, or did, did you say it? And in no, what context? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm certain, yes, yeah, somebody said worser. But we know that's not a word. But here we are. That we're using, we're, we're taking liberties with the, with the English language, as we do sometimes on this program. Very often. All right, 9-11. Jim along with Cake today. Text or call us, 970-242-1340. Uh, do the Rockies lose 100 games this year? Yes or no? Probably not the best question to ask. It doesn't feel right, but it seems like the appropriate question to ask First game of spring training today, Rockies and Diamondbacks at 1 o'clock today here on the team. How about, let's, let's maybe try to finish up nicely here. The player that excites you the most about the Rockies. Nolan Jones. The, I, I'm interested in Britton Doyle and his offensive development because obviously defensively we saw a great year from him last year. Right. So he's a player that intrigues me. The, Ezekiel Tovar. I guess can Chris Bryant play... Can he play in 80 games, 90? Can he play 90 games this year? Can he play in at least 90 games this year? Those are some of the questions I have. Some of the things I'll, I'll certainly be, be watching and uh, listening moving forward. 
All right, so text or call us today, 970-242-1340. Uh, I'm sorry, did we announce our winner? Steve. Okay, it was Steve. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, it's like we got up on all these other things. Like, did we did we ever do the thing we were supposed to do? At which some was, point, yes. Which was to announce the winner. All right, so covering some basketball teams. They're in action today. Uh, pre-game at 445, 5 o'clock tip when they play at New Mexico Highlands today. We had the chance earlier this week to uh, catch up with Maverick women's basketball coach Taylor Wagner coming off a huge weekend where they put themselves back in position to maybe win the Armac regular season title. Talking Colorado Mesa women's hoops with Mavs coach Taylor Wagner on the team. With us right now, the team line. He's the coach of the Maverick women's basketball team, Taylor Wagner. Taylor, always appreciate it. Thanks for joining us this morning. You bet. Thank you for having me. Great weekend for your basketball team. You get the sweep against uh, Colorado School of Mines and also Metro State. And uh, right now, uh, 14-4, and four, uh, just behind Regis and UCCS. They're at 15-4 and four in conference play. But uh, after you went to double overtime at Golden against Colorado School of Mines previously, wow, this was not, a, this was not the nail-biter. That one was uh, your team went out and dominated from the jump. 74-47 to get the win against the Ore Diggers. Uh, of course, they're the 20th ranked team in the country. I know Olivia Reed, 17 points. Laura Gutierrez had 15 points and three threes. Claire Heitschmidt continues to have a, a nice stretch of scoring the basketball here. She had 13 points and three threes. Uh, a really good victory for your basketball team, holding minds their lowest offensive output of the season. Yeah, I, we had a great week of practice, you know, leading up to that game. I felt really good about our girls and just their mindset. You know, they knew it was at stake, too. Um, you know, there's five teams with four losses right now, and, and every game just counts. And uh, they went into that game really, um, you know, just with the mindset they're not going to lose. And we really jumped on them, and, and uh, I think we kind of took their confidence away early. You also had another great performance from Mason Rowland, a couple of threes, 11 points for her. But uh, defensively, what was the message all week long that, that allowed – this team to have that kind of performance on the defensive end. You said he had a really good week of practice. What were some things, some signs you saw that you expected your team to go out and have that kind of uh, effort defensively against Ashley Steffick and, and uh, Colorado School of Mines? Well, one, we talked about it. You know, I mean, we always do, but it just a little bit more emphasis of, you know, seasons coming to an end here. And, and we've, we've really got to ramp up our defense and be a little bit better and and not give easy opportunities to teams, whether that's you know giving them layups or open threes or, or fouling you know obsessively and putting them at the free throw line. And that was kind of the focus going in, and just make them take tough shots. And and then I thought rebounding wise, we were phenomenal against them. And then it would have been easy for your team to have a letdown against Metro State the next night. You didn't. You went out and, and won fifty three to forty five. Olivia Reed had had the 21 points in the game, but uh, defensively, once again, another solid effort by your basketball team to carry you through the weekend. Yeah, you know, and I, I was really pleased because, like you said, we could have let down. And the defense was constant, and, and Metro's been playing really well. They're a good team, and they're kind of hitting their stride right now. They just kind of struggled at the beginning of the year, and, and so I was I was actually really worried about that game because they usually play as pretty physical and and get after us so uh, I was happy to get that uh, Saturday night win against them and and then just kind of you know get us leading us to this weekend and going on the road and 
Um, it's a tough stretch, and we've, we've really got to be tough. Our mental state's got to be locked in, laser focused, and and uh, you know, as we face the Highlands team, who's a lot better on the road, and a Pueblo team who's playing really well right now too, and has a really special player. Our team's just got to take it to another level. Taylor Wagner, coach of the CMU women's basketball team, with us on the Team Sports Network. You mentioned New Mexico Highlands. You play there on Friday, and when you face them at Brownson, uh, Laura Gutierrez had the the big first half. Uh, your team jumped on them and and really put them away early on with a seventy to thirty four victory. But uh, you're seeing some signs potentially that this Highlands team started maybe put some some things together. And uh, always a difficult road trip when you go to Las Vegas, New Mexico. It always is, you know, and they play a lot better there. And they have some really good pieces offensively that, you know, they've got some weapons that could cause some some issues. And it's kind of like I remember the, the first time, let's not give them any confidence, and that's going to be the same message when we go and play in Friday is don't give them any confidence early on. And, and uh, you know, when you can kind of take that away, then it makes a little bit thing, things a little bit easier for us. And that loss, uh, the Cowgirls had a cut of a Christian, uh, Juliana Aragon, 16 points. She was 5 of 9 from the floor. So she continues to be, and I think we talked about her previously, Taylor, when you face New Mexico Island, she uh, continues to be the, their their go-to player when it comes to uh, scoring the basketball. She is. She can score from everywhere. Really good three-point shooter, uh, can get in the lane, can create her own shot, gets to the free throw line a lot, so... Um, we, we've got to limit her touches, and that's what I felt like we did really well the first time we played them, is uh, just making sure that we kind of hound her a little bit and make her work for everything. Maverick women's basketball coach Taylor Wagner with us on the program, and then CSU Pueblo on Saturday. Alicia Little for the second straight week named the RMAC Defensive Player of the Week as uh, the, the Thunderwolves coming off a nine-point win against Cotterford Christian. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Alicia, great player, um, great rebounder. I mean, I think she's got more blocks than her whole team put together. You know, she she's a special player, and we've really got to keep her in check because she can impact the, the game on both sides of the floor. And 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 they're fighting. To, you know, they're, I think they're in the eighth spot right now, and I think they could move up a little bit, uh, but they could also move out. So it'll be a really important weekend for them as well. Yeah, she had 22 points and 16 rebounds, seven blocks in that game where you beat them uh, at Brownson 74-59, to 59, uh, where Olivia Reed had the, the 20 points and 8 rebounds. So when, when you look at the, the rest of CSU Pueblo, uh, Romalo Dominguez had 10 points, uh, Lilani Love had 14. It is kind of the case of, kind of like that game, Little's going to get hers and trying to just uh, make sure nobody else goes off for a big night. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've really got to keep them in check. And uh, they're a big lineup. We can't give them easy buckets around the basket. Keep them off the free throw line. Um, those are going to be some of those keys that we we just got to make sure that we keep everybody in check and and uh, have let anyone go off on a career night for us. All right, that's Taylor Wagner, Maverick women's basketball coach, and uh, we'll have women's coverage starting today at four forty-five. Tip off at five o'clock. On the other side of the break, you'll hear from Mike DeGeorge, coach of the Maverick men's basketball team. They're also at New Mexico Highlands today here on the team, CMU Sports Network. So we'll have that coming up in just a moment. But uh, here in the 9 o'clock hour, it's time to play Wrigley Field Colorado Sports Trivia and win a $15 gift card to Wrigley Field, Grand Junction's original sports bar. 
uh, just uh, east of Sam Saplazio Field on North Avenue. Uh, was in there the other day. Incredible chicken fried steak, great burgers. Oh. It is the place to watch your favorite team at Wrigley Field on North Avenue. All right, uh, Nikola Jokic last night picked up another triple-double. He has a triple-double now against every team in the NBA except the Denver Nuggets. And like Michael Malone said, let's hope it stays that way. That uh, That's the only team he never gets it against. So Nikola Jokic has the most triple-doubles in Nuggets history. Who's second in triple-doubles in Nuggets history? Just Denver Nuggets history. Just franchise history. Just in Denver Nuggets history. Who is second in triple-doubles to Nikola Jokic? So send your answer in right now. It's not going to be a multiple choice. You got to... Pyle, you got to do some digging here. You got to dig this one up yourself. Nicole Jokic has the most triple doubles in Nuggets history. Who's second in triple doubles in franchise history? Do you have any idea, Cake? I mean, I see it on the screen, so I can't really say. Do Do you know of this player? He's got a great name. Okay. I probably wouldn't have been able to pick him out of a lineup. One point, he was one of the great Nuggets players. So um, send your answer in right now. Once again, if you've won the last two weeks, please set it out. Or if you won earlier today with Where in the World is Tyler Franson, works that way as well. But uh, send your answer in right now on the team line. First correct answer wins 970-242-1340. Once again, our Wrigley Field Cutup Sports trivia question. Nikola Jokic has the most triple doubles in Nuggets history. Who's second all-time in team history in triple doubles? Get your answer to us right now. Text only, please. And uh, a reminder that we are closed on Fridays, so I uh, can't pick up your prize until Monday. Uh, but uh, send your answer in right now, 970-242-1340. They need a wake-up call. Call or text the Jim Davis Show on the Chick-fil-A team line, 970-242-1340. It's 9:24. Jim along with Cake today. So is this more the weekend? What what is this? No, this. What is this? This is a song by the uh, Korean pop singer Jung Cook. Okay. It's called "Standing Next to You." This is just the instrumental version, but we play it on our sister station, and I really like it. So yeah, I'm like, fun. I kind of like it. Yeah, it's good. It's got a little. It's definitely got that like '70s, a little, little bit of a funk disco kind of thing. Oh, going. for sure. Yeah, for cool. sure. It's very cool. I like it. I do like it. Uh, do we have a winner, by the way, for Wrigley Field Cutter Sports trivia? Yet? We do. Okay. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the contest. It's another winner on the Team Sports Network. And who might it be? Aaron with the correct guess of one, Fat Lever. Lafayette Fat Lever with 43 triple doubles in his career as a nugget. Nikola Jokic, 121. Then it's Dikembe Mutombo. No, no, no. No, no, no. No, no, no. Big sexy. You make it. Is, that, is he French? He's not French. No, no, no. Not today. Not today. He's the cookie monster. He's a French cookie monster. Exactly. Mm, box shots. Eat bonbons. Uh, big sexy. Uh, Takimbe Mutombo, third. Alex English, Marcus Camby, and then like Robert Pack and George McGinnis, and they're all like a two. Bruce Brown, triple-double. One triple-double. As a nugget, by the way. But to Nicole Jokic, 
followed by Fat Lever. And I said, Dikembe is in, in the dust behind those two with just eight triple doubles. But anyway, we'll have it again coming up on Monday along with the number game, Wrigley Field, Colorado Sports Trivia. Really enjoy that. Enjoy uh, Wrigley Field being part of uh, what we do here on the Jim Davis Show. All right. Uh, we heard from uh, Taylor Wagner, Maverick uh, women's basketball coach. Maverick men also on the road at Highlands today. CSU Pueblo tomorrow. I had the chance to catch up with Maverick men's coach, Mike DeGeorge. Talking Colorado Mesa men's hoops with Mavs coach Mike DeGeorge on the team. And with us right now on the team line is team right now atop the standings in the RMAC along with uh, Fort Lewis, both 17 and 1 in the season. Colorado Mesa men's basketball coach Mike DeGeorge. Good morning, Mike. Thanks for coming on with us. Morning, Jim. Thanks for having me. Always great to talk with you, especially after uh, an outstanding weekend, starting things out with that win against Colorado School of Mines, where uh, your team shot the heck out of the basketball uh, to take down Mines 98-81 to and uh, 59.3% from the field and, and shot better than 58% in, in both halves. You hit 18 threes as a team again. Now, with the third time this season, you've, you've tied that record. You had 10 different players hit a three. Uh, guys, the, 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 certainly the, the basket looked as looked like a, a trash can for your guys on Friday night. Yeah, everything looks good when the ball's going in. So that is uh, that is good. And, um, you know, I also kind of just got off to a good start. I think everybody just kind of relaxed, settled into the game, and felt confident shooting the ball. Well, certainly for your basketball team, Owen Koontz, 21 points, 8 of 10 from the field. Isaac Jessup, who's really been coming on late, uh, 18 points. He had four of six threes. Trevor Baskin had 17 points, and he also finished with the six rebounds and five assists. Trevor, of course, on his way to being the defensive player of the week, winning the Mac Rineker Award because Mac was out, and we'll get to that in a moment. But uh, a great performance by by Kuntz and Jessup, and of course uh, Baskin with the way they played against Colorado School of Mines. Yeah, all three guys played great, and Trevor just had an incredible weekend. You know, the, even the weekend before that, I really felt like he just kind of settled into a, a great place in terms of competing at a really high level, being very aggressive but just kind of taking what the defense has given you and making the right basketball play. And that continued through the whole weekend and, you know, it was dominating performance. And then, you know, both Isaac and Owen really played at a high level and capitalized on all the opportunities they had. Of course, you knock off Colorado School of Mines, number 21, your team, number nine. And that, that's, a, that's a huge win, not just in terms of the conference, Mike, and getting, keeping you in first place with four Lewis, but in terms of, of, of a, you know, a win against a ranked team, that, uh, that's an, a nice uh, feather to add in your cap when it comes to uh, building your resume for the postseason. Yeah, and so, yeah, it was a big weekend for that because both those teams are both highly ranked, so they boost your computer rankings, basically, for the, that the NCAA uses as criteria for the tournament. And I was looking at it last night, and we're, you know, our, our rankings will go down over this last couple of weeks because you know, the teams uh, that we're playing, these other good teams are not as ranked as high in, in the computer rankings. So, um, but right now we're in the top five teams, uh, one of the top five teams in the country in terms of like the criteria the NCAA uses for, for selection. So uh, we're in a good place. We just got to continue to uh, find ways to improve. And, and a lot of that has to, to do with the defensive end and taking better care of the basketball. Mike DeGeorge, coach of the Maverick men's basketball team with us on the Team Sports Network. And then uh, you handle Metro State on Saturday, Mike. Uh, 92-81 to 81 would have been easy for your team to maybe have a little bit of a letdown after that 
win against Cardinal School of Mines uh, the night before, but uh, your guys go out and, and shoot the ball well. This time, though, not necessarily from three-point range, but an incredible record-setting performance. 23 for 23 from the free-throw line, 15 for 15 in the second half. Doesn't just set a it's a new RMAC in school record for the most free throws without a miss. So your guys were uh, on point from the charity stripe on Saturday. Yeah, we just really you know we were talking about it a couple weeks ago that uh, we just hadn't really had a stretch where everybody kind of seemed like in a nice rhythm shooting uh, this year. And I think these last couple of weeks we found that, and that's shown up at the three point line and the free throw line. So hopefully now that we've kind of found that rhythm, we can keep it going. But a lot of guys are playing with tremendous confidence, and that leads to, you know, high success rate in terms of shooting for sure. Christopher Speller, really good game on Saturday, 21.6 rebounds, five assists. Isaac Jessup, again, another strong game with 17 points. Owen Koontz had 10 points, uh, so you had four players in double figures in that victory. But uh, Christopher Speller uh, certainly uh, standing out in that game against Metro State. Yeah, kind of all year we've kind of had this formula of having uh, Matt Greniker, Trevor Baskin, or uh, Christopher Speller, two of the three in as our primary playmakers all the time. And so, uh, you know, Christopher has always kind of been the third wheel in that rotation. And, you know, without Matt this past weekend, he really stepped up, had a great weekend. But he's been playing great um, the whole second half of the year. His numbers are fantastic. He's playing with tremendous confidence just making the right basketball play and, and leading to great results for himself and the team. Of course, Trevor Baskin led the way with 25 points in the win against Metro State. So the Mavericks uh, right now, when you look at uh, the RMAC standings heading into this weekend, both uh, CMU and Fort Lewis 17-1, and one, and then Cover School of Lions 14-4. Black Hill State is 11-7 and seven right now uh, when it comes to the conference regular season chase. So Mac Renneker did not play this weekend. I know you're, you're limited on what, how much you can really tell us about Mac's condition, but uh, what does it look like for Mac moving forward? Yeah, it's kind of unknown at this stage. We'll just have to see how things play out. Um, but, you know, from a mentality standpoint, I think the team has to just be in this mindset that, you know, we just have to, the, the guys that are available for any given game just got to be ready and step up. And I thought we did a great job of that this past weekend. I believe he is in a walking boot. And I know you can't really talk more about it than that, but, uh, is it? I think what Buckeye Kyle Boucher gave the sense of that you were hoping it's not serious. Is that still the feeling today on a, on a on a Tuesday that uh, Max injury isn't uh, isn't real serious? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that there's definitely an injury, and uh, we just have to kind of see the timeline and what the what how it ends up playing out. So we just don't really have all that information yet all right so. very good yeah well hopefully it's mac is back in the on the floor very very soon he's a big big part of uh, the, the success of this basketball team but great to see other guys uh step up and, and fill that void so now it's uh, back on the road new mexico highlands on friday and then at csu pueblo on saturday and you look at uh, new mexico highlands and mike dominguez the former maverick uh, his basketball team uh, they complete a, a weekend uh, road trip sweep they they wrap things up with a up 101 points and a 101 to 93 win over Colorado Christian this past weekend. Yeah, they're playing a lot faster and they're shooting a lot of threes and and um, so you know going down there obviously would be a big challenge and you know they have really good athletes and they're shooting the ball at a high rate and you know that's not an easy road trip and to go and get two it's huge for them keeps their playoff chances alive and so you know we know we're going to get their best effort and they're a talented, uh, well coached team. 
Well, and they had four guys that were in double digits. Nathan uh, Hasbury had had 18 points against Cuddle Christian. Kennard Richardson added 17. Tyler Rogers had 17. And Eric Sonnenberg had 15 points. So right now, uh, Mike's getting pretty balanced scoring, at least uh, from those four guys in that one against Cuddle Christian. Yeah, not only are they shooting a lot of threes, but two of those guys are post players. And so, you know, they're getting the ball inside and out and, and the ball's moving and and they're making unselfish plays. So, you know, it'll be it'll be a big challenge for us. Mike DeGeorge, coach of the Maverick men's basketball team with us. Last time you faced them, Mike, uh, was at uh, Brownson on January 6th, 94-72 to victory in that one. Uh, what did you do well in that game that you're going to have to do well when you go down to uh, to Las Vegas, New Mexico? What's going to have to carry over from that uh, performance against the Cowboys? Yeah, it, it, we kind of got off to a slow start in that game, and then all of a sudden, you know, the, the floodgates opened partially when we started hitting shots and partially, you know, it's the second day on a difficult road trip for them. And that second half, it gets tough. And so, you know, we got to know they're going to have tremendous energy. They're fighting for their playoff lives. And so it'll be a different level of energy that they have in the tank uh, than they did the first time. And then, you know, when we don't turn the ball over, we're right now the number one offense in the country at any level. And so, we just need to, you know, be able to play fast without rushing, you know, which is a challenging thing to do. And, uh, you know, and we have this sense of urgency, but sometimes it turns into almost panic. And, um, you know, we got to work a little harder to create pass angles for each other. We got to be just a little bit more patient at times when the read isn't obvious and, uh, and all doing that without slowing our pace. So, uh, that's a big challenge for us. And then defensively, you know, Max has been kind of like a security blanket. And if he's not able to go this weekend, you know, we just have to know that we just our execution has to be that much uh, better in order to make up for, for that missing really key component at the defensive end. And not that you replace what Mac does, and especially on the defensive end, but that this yeah. speak to the, the depth that your basketball team has, particularly guys in your starting lineup like an Owen Koontz, like an Isaac Jessup that have picked up their scoring a little bit, but that's where the depth of your team really does become a, a huge advantage when you lose a player like Mac Renneker. Yeah. And you know, part of it, I feel like I haven't done a great job this year with our rotation. We just really have 13 guys we really believe in and no one ever really seized up and took it, you know what I mean? And made it clear who should be playing. And then their roles are not consistent. So it's hard for them um, you know, to perform their best. But in some ways, it helped us because, you know, if we'd have gotten down to an eight-man rotation and then you lose somebody, you know, who is, you know, certainly one of the favorites to win, along with Trevor, to win the player of the year in the conference, um, you know, the, you know, how disruptive is that? And because we've kind of had so many different combinations play together, you know, it, it, it didn't impact our, our ability to, to succeed in the game because we were used to sort of a lot of different combinations coming in and out of the game. So, uh, yeah, certainly the depth is great. And I think also the fact that, you know, I think this is nine of the last 16 years. One of my teams has had, you know, a significant loss that, that really dramatically impacted the makeup of the team. And so, you know, it's just kind of the modern game. Like guys just seem to get hurt at a higher rate and you just got to be flexible and ready to, to adjust and, and I think this team is built for that. And so uh, we're looking forward to the stretch run. Mavericks head coach Mike DeGeorge joining us on the Jim Davis Show. One of those guys I think that kind of steps in for you. He feels kind of like a glue guy. I'm going to start the Christopher Speller appreciation train right now. Like started 22 games his first year. 
then got stuck in that backcourt behind Georgie Dancer and Blaze Three. And now this year, it seems like he's having a career best year and always out there on the court when you need a big possession. Not just kind of, like it seems like a guy you point to when you have some of this adversity for other guys is like, look at what this guy's been able to do in four years. Yeah, he's an absolute winner and he's completely unselfish. And so there are times where we're like, hey, like you got to be more assertive in terms of how to, you know, make your uh, your statement in the game and, and be impactful. And because sometimes he's a little too willing to defer. And so we've had this kind of back and forth over his career with him. Sometimes he done it in the wrong way, led to too many turnovers. And he's just really found that balance of how to really be impactful, uh, but yet still be that great teammate that moves the ball and, and picking his moments really well. So it's just great to see him playing with this much confidence and, you know, we knew he would step up uh, it, when needed because, you know, that's the kind of person he is. And, and, uh, and so it's just been great to see him uh, just play such a, a dynamic role for us. Maverick men's basketball coach Mike DeGeorge will have the Maverick men and women today on the team. CMU Sports Network presented by Ken Richard State Farm. They're at New Mexico Highlands pregame at 445 for the women. They tip it at 5. The men will follow then tomorrow. CSU Pueblo. The uh, next destination for the Maverick basketball teams, that'll be an earlier start pregame at 345 tomorrow. That'll be following coverage of the Fruto Monument Boys Sweet 16 basketball game with Broomfield. That'll start at 145 with the Maverick women to follow at uh, 345 tomorrow and the Maverick men as well over at uh, CSU Pueblo. All right, 939. We're a little bit behind today, but... uh, Time to dive into four down territory. We're into four down territory on the Jim Davis show on the team. All right. The uh, announcement this week that the college football playoff committee, they approved the five plus seven for the 12 team college football playoff. So immediately day after oh, they were no. talking about 14. Oh, well, well, the NFL is not happy about how they're scheduling it. Oh, because the CFP is looking at Friday-Saturday games in the third week of December for the opening round, which will overlap with the NFL's historical use of that weekend for Saturday games. And so this from Awful announcing that uh, multiple sources have told John Orond in uh, his varsity newsletter at the Puck Thursday, multiple sources have told me that executives in the league office were not happy about CFP's chutzpah and scheduling games that day and have been left scratching their heads as to why the CFP would encroach on their turf. Uh-oh. So could this be We're a gonna turf war? So the NFL, according to Oron, says they're 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 gonna still schedule games that day. They don't care if they're college football playoffs. What about the networks though? Well that they're gonna have to figure that one. I mean if well, CF because well, CFP is ESPN though, right? Correct. And so it would affect DSP and ABC's that a little bit. I'm trying to think what they have because I don't think they remember what their playoff if they have a playoff game. I think they do. I have to double check that. Um, what they actually have in terms of of the playoff schedule for ABC. I'm looking to see what they do have for 2025, but that would be your potential conflict moving forward for the NFL. But otherwise, I'm just looking to see 2025. Uh, no, it's ABC does not have it. So it's NBC 
IBC has, they do actually, they have, they'll have the Monday night wild card game. So they'll have that through their, their Monday night football package. Okay. So they're actually, they're going to be fine. From a TV standpoint, it will not have an impact. But in terms of viewership and in terms of going to watch Eyes football on last screen. game or an NFL into the regular season game, that's going to be the rub. And so if only there was some sort of magical device where you could flip back and forth between oh. the two games remotely uh, or picture in picture, <gasps> even better. I Jim, mean, that's a million dollar. That's a I, billion dollar idea I, right there. You know, if I would have come up with that idea years ago and made it happen, we wouldn't be here right we now. We wouldn't be talking right now. We'll put it that way. <laughs> that would, yeah, it would be a much, much different situation. All right, second down. Do you remember when Eli Manning dressed up as Chad Powers? Yes. And went to, was it Penn State for, saw a, this. for a tryout? Well, guess what? <laughs> that little Eli Manning bit is Chad Powers. It's a movie. It's, it's going to be actually it's going to be it's going to be a TV show with Glenn Powell, who's it, actually becoming one of my favorite actors. He was in uh, Maverick, Top Gun uh, Maverick, Top Gun, Top Gun Maverick. He was in uh, Scream Queens on Fox. He was like the rich D bag, yep, uh, fraternity guy, and he was really good in that. He was in a movie uh, I saw recently. He was uh, John Glenn in Hidden Figures, yes. I believe, and he was really good in that. He's a really good actor. I, I really like Glenn Powell. So Glenn Powell is going to play Chad, basically play Chad Powers about this guy that's a disgraced football player that goes to like the rival university, disguises himself to play. And it's going to be on Hulu. It'll be called Chad Powers. You know what? It could be sneaky good. Could be kind of funny. It could be kind of funny. We'll see. Hopefully it will, it will not let me down like the Jim Brockmeyer TV show did because the funnier die bit was hilarious and the TV show was yeah. Yeah. All right, third and fourth down. High school basketball player Kiona Christmas plays for New York's Fonda Fultonville High School. That's a lot to say. It is a lot. Uh, This was her stat line from a recent game she played. 11 points, 20 rebounds, 11 assists, 10 steals, 10 blocks. Merry Christmas. A quintuple (laughs) double channeling her inner Wilt Chamberlain. Take that, Nikola Jokic. Seriously. So I I saw that uh, posted on the uh, social media sphere and thought it was really cool. Fourth down. It's really great. Her name's Christmas. Right? Yeah. Christmas in February. Christmas. Well, it was actually a December game. Oh, it was in December. So she... That was her Christmas present. New York high school basketball scores take a while to percolate uh, through. Apparently so. Through the U.S. Uh, fourth down, have you guys been talking about the new NCAA football video game at all? A little bit, not a lot. So they announced recently that for NCAA football 25, players can opt in to have their name and obviously their image and likeness, NIL, uh, in the game in exchange for which they get $600 and a free copy of the video game. It's better than nothing, but it just, you just feel like they, it, they might be getting the raw end of a deal. Now, in the interest of complete fairness, 
They're doing it for all 134 FBS teams. Imagine expensive that would be if it was, we're going to pay you a million dollars for your name. Right. It's 600 bucks across 134 programs across however many, we're talking, what, like 80 players on a roster maybe? Give or take. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, they would have in the video game. 50 to 7. They're going to have it for everybody. Give everybody the chance to opt in. Not everybody will be able to opt in or, or want to. Service Academy players, they will be in the game, but they will not receive an IL compensation. Um, again, it's better than nothing. But it also feels like there's something. Yeah, I... So we'll I, see. I'm looking forward to it, though. I, I think at this stage, it's 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 something. It's fair, and they, you get to be in a video game. That's yeah. For, that's, a, lot, for a lot of college football players, that'd be pretty cool. I I completely agree. All right, so that's that's four down territory. Four down, okay, four down territory. All right, we move on to this day in sports history. That's the story of the greatest sport moment in all of history. It's time to take a trip back in time. It's this day in sports history. All right, 1938, Joe Lewis knocks out Nathan Mann in the third round to defend his world heavyweight title at Madison Square Garden. 1968, Will Chamberlain becomes the first player to score 25,000 points in the NBA. 1980, Eric Hyden wins his fifth gold medal and shatters the world record by six seconds in the 10,000-meter speed skating at Lake Placid. 1983, Mark Pavlich of the Rangers scores five goals, an 11-3 win over the Hartford Whalers. 1985, Indiana coach Bob Knight is ejected five minutes into the Hoosiers 72 to 63 loss to Purdue when he throws a chair across the court. Knight, after two fouls called on his team, is hit with his first technical foul while Purdue was shooting the technical. Knight picks up a chair from the bench area and throws it across the court, earning his second technical. Also, 1991, North Carolina becomes the first team in NCAA basketball history to win 1,500 games with a 73 to 57 win over Clemson. And that's this day in sports history. We'll take a break, wrapping up some garbage time. That's coming up next on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. It's a good show. Probably the best show around. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Thanks for joining us, Jim and Cake, today. Just a quick... Uh, Programming reminder, let you know what's going on today. Uh, One o'clock today, we'll have the Rockies at Arizona. Spring training opener for Colorado. So we'll have that with Jack Corgan and Jerry Schimmel. And then uh, later on today at uh, 4.45, we'll have the pregame for the Colorado Mesa women at New Mexico Highlands. Both Maverick basketball teams on the road. The Maverick men will will play following that at around 7 o'clock. And then tomorrow on the team, uh, we'll have uh, Wake Forest and Duke. At 11.45 tomorrow, and then at 2 o'clock tomorrow, actually 1.45 pregame, we will have the uh, Fruit of Monmouth boys basketball team into the 6A Sweet 16, taking on Broomfields. So we'll have that tomorrow, and then right after that, we will uh, go to CSU Pueblo. J.J. Valentine is going to have the call for us over there tomorrow. The Maverick basketball teams play at CSU Pueblo. Pregame for that for the women at 3.45 uh, for Maverick basketball tomorrow, both the men and the women. So a busy, busy day today and tomorrow right here on the Team Sports Network. Let's open up the lid and hop in. It's garbage time. We're taking out the trash. It's garbage time on the Jim Davis Show on the team. Oh, I love trash. I don't know if you uh, caught this Kevin Durant's interaction last night when the Suns were playing that um, 
there was a a fan, mm-hmm. a I believe it was a Dallas Mavericks fan, woman and a guy, and and the woman apparently called him the B word while Kevin Durant was going, you know, going through the the pregame shoot around. He heard this fan yell the B word in his direction. So Durant, oh no, who was kind of jogging around during the pregame shoot around, goes over, talks to this man and woman. Oh boy. The woman's holding out her hand like she thinks she's going to get a high five after she called him the B word. Durant talked to the two of them. The woman kept, I'm watching, she keeps holding her hand out like, hey, shake my hand or because I, I just called you the B word. Won't you shake a puss in his hand? So eventually you know, Durant talks to them. And then he waves them off, and then he goes back to his pregame routine. Okay. And then a couple minutes later, security apparently got called because they heard about this, and the guards were gonna the security guards were gonna take this couple, kick them out of the arena. Understandably so. Fair enough. Durant went back and said, "Don't do it. Don't kick him out." And he said to them, "Don't act like a little kid. You're a grown up." And the woman said, I promise. You know what? That's that's pretty big on the part of Kevin Durant. I was going to say. He had every right. This is, by the way, Kevin Durant, who's famous for being a little soft on social media and having burner accounts. Yeah. That, you know what? But these these two drunken Mavericks fans, you know, they're, they're, they're talking smack to him. Calling him names. Yeah, and could have could have easily said, just toss him out. But they didn't. But Kevin Durant stood up for him, and I, I think that's you know what? hopefully, hopefully they learned a valuable lesson from the whole thing. You'd like to think. Certainly, look old enough to know better, right? It's like this this woman in the sky or not? They look like they're probably in their they ain't exactly spring chickens, thirties or probably forties. Look like they might be in their forties. If, but I've not listened to the clip. But apparently, they're both uh, pretty trashed and. Not that that's an excuse for anybody's bad behavior, but I give Kevin Durant a lot of credit for just kind of going, just knock it off, okay? Just knock it off. Just clean it up. All right, very quickly, do you have something? Uh, there's a lot of news coming out about the college football video game real quickly. Transfer portal and NIL will be in the game. Conference realignment and playoffs will be customizable, and um, it's going to be completely different than Madden, which is good. Looking forward to that. I, I loved EA Sports College Football game when it was out.